This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, America. Uh, welcome to the podcast. It is election day, and uh, we start out on our podcast strong. What is this election all about? Then we just talk about the polls, the poll numbers. We check in with Elijah Schaefer, who is up in Washington, D.C., where they're expecting trouble. He showed us, if you were watching on uh, Blaze TV, he showed us the actual fence around the White House, and it is amazing. It is, I've never seen anything like it in America. Uh, It's like a detention center, kind of prison uh, gate all around the White House. They're expecting trouble. We have you covered on our coverage tonight on Blaze TV. If you're not a subscriber, you don't want to miss this. Karl Marx and George Washington will be fighting over which one gets into the coffin. Uh, I have one that I'm rooting for to get in the coffin, but we'll see how the voters go. Um, and, and we'll have coverage from everybody. Dave Rubin, Megan Kelly, Dinesh D'Souza, Ben Shapiro, Michael Knowles, Elijah Schaefer, Chad Prather, Sarah Gonzalez, Steve Dace. Stu is going to be doing all of the uh, numbers and calling the election for us. Uh, and I'm hosting it tonight. If you're not a subscriber of The Blaze, subscribe now. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code Glenn. And if you have any questions, uh, you can submit them now with the hashtag Blaze Election Stream. Blaze Election Stream. Tweet us your questions, your comments. Uh, pictures of you watching Blaze TV, maybe of you voting, whatever you want, uh, to hashtag Blaze Election Stream on Twitter. We'll see you tonight. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Imagine if you were born in 1900. When you're 14, World War I begins. It ends when you're 18 with 20 million deaths, 21 million wounded. And before you can even make sense of that, you're 18 years old and a third of the world's population are infected with the Spanish flu and 50 million people die. 675,000 deaths in the United States. And through the grace of God, you come out alive and free. You're now 20 years old. You have good, you know, maybe a good nine years, maybe. And then the global economy collapses. And the beginning of the collapse of the New York Stock Exchange. Half of America's banks fail. Your parents most likely lost everything. You could have been rich. Now you're poor. Unemployment now reaches 20%. And for 10 years, your world is thrust into a deep depression. When you're 33, the Nazis rise to power. By the time you're 39, World War II begins. Six years later, you're 45, and the Holocaust, you just find out, has killed 6 million Jews, and 60 million people have died around the world. 
some fighting for freedom, some fighting for domination. Think of this. When you're 52, the Korean War begins. 64, it's the Vietnam War. That doesn't end until you're 75. What was life like for the last generation? A man or woman who was born in the year 1985 thinks his grandparents have no idea how difficult their life is right now. Really? Really? I don't think we have any concept how difficult their life was. A 25-year-old born in 1995 thinks it's the end of the world when his Amazon package takes more than three days to arrive. Or when he doesn't get more than 15 likes for a photo posted on Facebook or Instagram. Some of us stop talking to friends or family just because they're not going to vote the way we think they should. Now, this isn't to say that our time isn't fraught with trials and tribulations. It is. The situation is serious today. It's election day in America. Those who have yearned to be free, those who look to America to set the standard, we oftentimes dismiss But those who are imprisoned, those who are enslaved, those who really, truly understand the rights of man, they're on edge today. Humanity has survived dire consequences. Humanity has never lost the joy of living. Americans never really lost their goodness or their innocence. We will, if we give up on our neighbor. We will, if you give up on yourself. If you think that this is just too much, come what may, this is too much. How unlikely is it? How, how strange or almost inconceivable that all of this is coming down to us. Our generation. Did they feel that way in World War II? That man's freedom was at stake. It was easier because you got, you know, they had guys dressed up, you know, in black uniforms with red armbands. Well, those same people were marching in the streets here in America. Those same people, it was accepted in New York, in New Jersey, they had huge, huge towns full of Nazis. It was okay. See, the line was blurred for them back then as well. But it's coming down to us. You know, they say the, the founders, you know, they didn't see this coming. They didn't see bazookas. Yeah, well, you know another thing they didn't see? That their glorious, sacred declaration of independence and constitution would come down between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Think of that. Today is the day that this generation of Americans vote, and not for president or Senate, not against one side or the other, but for something how many biden supporters or voters 
are voting against Donald Trump and they are failing to see what's behind their side because they their side is I can't take him anymore. That's how they see it. We're not voting for president or Senate today. And we're not voting against anything. We are voting for something. Whether or not the American experiment should continue or a new form of economics and rule should be found. Our vote is one of two things. A, a vote as a declaration of independence or a surrender, a declaration of dependence. That man can't rule himself. He needs overlords and Ivy League intellectuals. They'll make the decisions for us. A declaration that the free market enslaves, not frees people. That our traditions, our flag, our anthem. They're all lies that have literally killed and must be erased. That the traditional nuclear family just promotes hatred misogyny has to be destroyed and our children they don't belong to the parents <laughs> while half of america is too lacking in basic critical thinking skills and that's the only reason why anyone could support donald trump the intellectuals will say our children our children possess the thinking skills to decide to take hormones and forever alter their sex uh, and their lives at eight years old. And anybody who disagrees needs to be silent. If you want to argue that no men cannot have periods, you have to be silent. The other side makes the case that women are unique and powerful, but men can be women too. The choice we make today is one to question with boldness even the very existence of God, for if there be a God, he must surely rather honest questioning over blindfolded fear to to debate it out in the strongest of terms in the public square, to not be afraid of the truth, to not be afraid of exposure, to not silence anyone else, or to believe without question, to believe without debate, because the debate is over, to believe without dissent, To believe the main thesis that the entire American story can only be told through the lens of racism, bigotry, and hatred. I reject that. How unlikely is it that it comes down to us? I'm telling you it's not unlikely at all. I'm telling you, you were preserved and born in this country at this time. You were preserved for this time. Because we've already fought this battle before. 
And if you just will not fold in to the new wisdom of the world, we will fight this and remain standing. How unlikely is it that the man, the person that is standing between the Constitution of the United States and Marxism is Donald Trump? How unlikely is it that the man standing between liberty and tyranny is Donald Trump? How unlikely is it that the man standing strong for the values that we built in America, the values, is Donald Trump? That's the way many people will want to look at this. But he's not standing alone. He's just one man standing. He happens to be at the point of the spear, but he's one man standing. Millions of us are standing with him. Millions that don't maybe even like him, don't think that he's healthy for the way he tweets and everything else. Some people who love him. But together with our differences, we're coming together and standing. Not, not for him. Standing for the country. You see, we're not a nation divided. You're not required to like the president. You're not required to, you're not required to do anything about the president other than vote for one that you think will preserve and protect the United States of America, our traditions, all the good things, not shoving the bad things away. There's nothing wrong with talking about the truth of American history that is bloody and gory and awful. I'll talk about that, but I also want to discuss all the great things that this country did. But your choice today is between that not a rosy picture of America that is always right. I think everybody can admit, man, we have really screwed things up from time to time. We're doing it now. But if you make the choice to go left, you must forget all of the things this country has done right. You must condemn our traditions. You must condemn our history. You must condemn our founders and our Declaration of Independence. That's why millions are standing. Many of us are united in our love for country and the principles on which it was founded. Look how many people came together at Trump rallies to support freedom and the American ideals. They say 40 to 50% of that audience in some places in Pennsylvania were Democrats. This is not a cult of personality that attracts millions of our fellow citizens, even though that's what the media and the left would like you to believe. It's not a cult at all. It's a bond of liberty. It's a declaration of independence. It's a vote of hope. It's a pledge of our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Don't get me wrong. What comes today, tomorrow, and the days ahead scares the hell out of me. I don't know which way this election's going to go. 
but I'm inspired by what I see. And I remember who we are. The left can't stop the goodness of America. They can try. They can put us all in lockdowns. But we'll use that time to reconnect with our families and remind ourselves what we value most. They can call us racist and we'll look deep into our hearts and the hearts of our fellow men and search for justice and mercy. They can encourage violence in our streets, but we will not give in to mob rule. We will stand up with the strength of kindness. You can't put a lid on America. You can rewrite our history, but we will study and teach the truth and keep it alive. Even if we have to do it in our basements quietly, they can pretend the climate is going to destroy the earth, but we still see the spacious skies and the amber waves of grain. They can pretend that Marxism leads to equality, but we will never deny what we know to be true after failed experiment after failed experiment. Marxism only leads to slavery and destruction. If America votes to try a new way today, that's fine. But the American dream will go on. They can't stop America because you can't put a lid on hopes and dreams and people. You can't put a lid on innovation and entrepreneurship, on the God-given right of free agency. You can't stop America because we won't let you. They can't put us in the basement like they do with Joe. We're not sleepy. America is wide awake. And today, we're voting. Not for a president. Not for the Senate. But for an America we know still lives. If you didn't already know this, it is time to realize that AARP is not your friend. More importantly, and a lot of people don't know this either, it's not the only choice you have. May I suggest you check out AMAC. AMAC stands for the Association of Mature American Citizens. Better yet, it stands for your values, your principles. It's not only a better choice than AARP, it's the best choice. When you get AMAC, you're going to get discounts on your car insurance, hotels, roadside assistance, dental plans, even cell phone service options that you might not otherwise have. And they have so many other benefits that you should check into. But the real secret here is you belong to an organization that fights for your values and stands up for your God-given freedoms. Things like freedom of speech and the right to bear arms. Stand with AMAC as they stand and fight the good fight for all of us. Become a member today. The benefits are great, but the cause is greater. Join now at amac.us slash Beck. That's amac.us slash Beck. AMAC is better, better for you, better for America. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Jason Buttrell, who has been uh, doing our uh, look into the left, the hard left, and the things that they have planned for us today. Welcome to the program, Jason. How are you? Thanks, Glenn. Doing well. Yeah. So I read your uh, briefing this morning, and it was very, very thorough. I had it all ready, but my computers have gone down. Uh, So give me, in a nutshell, uh, which cities are really targeted today? 
most of the cities that are most heavily targeted are on the coast. Uh, Los Angeles, California areas, they're heavily, heavily targeted. Uh, East Coast, heavily, heavily targeted. Um, all around Washington, D.C. I just saw your hit with Elijah. Um, I'm envious, actually, because he's about to witness something tonight, I think, which is going to be historic um, from all of these different groups. And we can do a rundown of those. But I want to, uh, well, actually, um, one of the groups, Protect the Results, they're, and I really encourage everyone listening right now to go to protecttheresults.com because they have an interactive map that you can look up at all of their protests that they have scheduled all over the country. Um, by my count now, it's, it's over 200 protests. But you can go, you can you can see if your city, uh, the city of Dallas that we're in, it is one of those that it's, is targeted and we might see some uh, some activity. Um, you've pointed out that one of the, you know, one of the linchpins for, for these protests to kick off is, you know, and this is why we were trying to tell the Trump administration to look at this is if they say certain things, one of the things is if Trump declares victory on election night, which he's probably going to do. Um, I think he's said as much that he's going to do, but if he is got, uh, looks like he's going to win, if he declares victory, then that's the key for them to kick off these protests. But you can go to protecttheresults.com and you can look up all those different uh, locations. Well, they are, they're everywhere. And this is so people know, um, who these groups are, who's funding, protect the results, where, you know, who are they? What do they believe in? It's exactly what who, the people funding this is exactly who you would expect. Um, Protect the results has a partner list that is absolutely insane. It's well over 80 different partners and you can go on their website and look at them. They're not even trying to hide it. It's basically every leftist group in the country and union to include SEIU and a ton of others. Uh, Democratic Socialists of America is also one of their uh, big partners. So that kind of tells you um, they're all in cahoots. Establishment Democrats, Socialists, they're all in this together. Um, it's ran by two activist groups. One's called Stand Up America and another one's called Indivisible. And we've talked about and you've talked about Indivisible mm-hmm. a lot. They have ties to... Who else would you expect? But George Soros and Democracy Alliance. Right. Um, you also pointed out in uh, the Biden's first 100 days in Harry Reid's war room, they were brought in as an outside group to be a part of Harry Reid's war room. So they're planning these protests, but they're also part of what's going to happen afterwards. Things like getting rid of the filibuster, things like ending the Electoral College, packing the courts. All of these people are all at the table. They've been doing it since 2016 after the last election, all the way up culminating till tonight. Um, Indivisible's also teamed up with uh, Obama's uh, group, uh, Organizing for Action. They've Which used to be so. Organizing for America, and I yes. warned in 2000, I think, eight or nine, the president is going to keep all of that information, and he is going to turn it around and eat the Democrats with it, and that's exactly what they're doing. They were supposed to go away, but when Trump was elected, they changed their name and went right on trucking. It's absolutely nuts. Um, Another large group organizing the protest is called The Front Line. Now, this is interesting. Uh, The other group I just told you about, Protect the Results, they're planning protests for Election Day. Now, Frontline, their goal is November 4th. So tomorrow going forward, they've already mobilized a virtual town hall that they're inviting all these other groups. They have another impressive uh, partner list. They're getting together to say, okay, what do we do after the election? So if Trump wins, what do they do to continue the resistance? Um, And what time uh, and that all starts tomorrow. They're coordinating for tomorrow. 
Yes. So tomorrow night, and again, you can go to thefrontline.org. I do your own homework, like we always say. Watch what they have planned. This is not conspiracy. This is stuff in their own words that they're planning on doing. So watch the town hall, by all means. Um, the groups uh, uh, that are a part of that, Working Families Party. Mm-hmm. They're uh, if you're familiar with Justice Democrats, the Squad. They work very uh, heavily with Justice Democrats. Another group, United We Dream, is part of that. They're George Soros. Another group, Movement for Black Lives Electoral Justice Project. They are the Tides Foundation. It's all of the same players. They're all coming together. They've been doing this forever. It's just nuts. This is very, very well coordinated, which, of course, is one of the steps in the color revolution. You have to have these things and you have to have cries of uh, voter fraud and that the person that is currently in power is an authoritarian. They have they have seeded the ground and we will see if what they sowed is actually uh, uh, able to be uh, the sprout any fruit or any any plants or any flowers, as they would say, um, uh, in in America. I want to play something. This is a uh, Zoom call that happened over the weekend. Uh, with one of these groups, in fact, all of these groups on a conference call, on a Zoom call. I just want you to listen to the kinds of things that they're saying. And they all sound like normal, rational. They sound like your neighbor. Listen. So we began to put together a list of things we want to know about in the city. So where are all the police stations? Because it's good to know where the police are. Where are all the key government buildings? Where are all the media outlets? Who are the Trump boosters? So we're talking about what would it take to surround the White House and have people do stuff? We can divide it up easily with affinity groups. We have to be willing to put our bodies on the line and take on some discomfort, sacrifice, risk in order to change things. And I've been in conversations where people have never thought about having a gun or like, should I have a gun? But I think we have to know, and I'm going to talk a little bit in a few minutes about what do we do when guns are in the mix? So again... Chaos is a soup by which change emerges. Let's get cooking. Again, we didn't cause the war. We didn't ask for this war. Many of us are here because we want to fight it. We want something different. What are we willing to do? Right? Because again, we're not dealing with people with just simple guns. We're dealing with people with AR, you know, AK-47s, multiple rounds, a lot of shootings. So um, yeah, we are going to be in a crisis, but we want it to be one that we are creating. We want to make sure that we are on the offense and not the defense. We want them to be responding to us and us not responding to them. In a situation of a coup or an insurrection or an uprising, whoever's got the guns often can win. We should be clear. Like, it's got to go. Trump's got to go. In order to achieve what they did, they knew they had to take over important government buildings They knew they had to try and win over members of the police and army, and they had to protect each other. I think we don't have a lot of experience taking over government buildings, and we might need to think about that. And I know, as I, you know, I said earlier how, you know, we may find ourselves in the streets with people with different tactics than ours, but like, there may be some people that are willing to break the windows to get into the government buildings. Like, if that's what we need to do, then we shouldn't fight about that. Let's do that. If you're if you're watching this, you saw uh, the Arabic writing on the screen as they showed it in. Uh, this is because these people have been trained in Syria. 
and they're not afraid to say it out loud. I mean, at what point do you become an enemy combatant? At what point is this insurrection? We will see. And one side is deeply in bed with them. The other side is not. America, today is your day of choosing. Do I want a government that is in bed with these kinds of people or not? This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. to talk to your your co-star oh, your cheer your co-star on cheers you don't want to bring that up she's going to be humble and say that she doesn't remember oh no well i i want to make sure that at least the audience <laughs> recalls your starring role now starring remember, role if you're listening on audio all you're going to hear is random clips of people talking but that's because glenn's visual presence was so powerful powerful controlled all of these scenes this is <laughs> did you actually spend the time looking up this oh, old I, episode shockingly someone did it on youtube already it's on yeah. youtube we'll, we'll tweet it out okay uh, but this is you can hear uh, see a very young Young, very young and very thin <laughs> Glenn Beck in the background of a Cheers episode. <laughs> no, no, there's no doubt about that. Uh, can we play the clips here? Here My we go. gosh, look at that with hair. Yeah, you can see him way in the there background here. Don't blink. There I am. Right. <laughs> this is every Carlos. second he's on screen in the entire episode. By the way, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. I don't know where I am. The background. Hook. It's always the background is the answer. Hey, oh, no, but it was. Fraser, how you doing? There I am. Well, I'll be watching you, Lilla. You break a leg, all right? Time of the month. See, okay, you can stop. You can stop. <laughs> what was important yeah. was the way I was drinking at the bar. And right. I know Kirsty remembers that. Kirsty Alley is with us. Uh, host of the Kirsty Alley, uh, Kirsty Alley on the Verge uh, podcast that you can uh, grab wherever you get your podcast. Welcome, Kirsty. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Well, congratulations on your role in Cheers. Damn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it played a big role in your career. Uh, when you when you saw that, you were like, "Man, I mean, this extra is drink like that." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I did become an alcoholic uh, shortly after that, and uh, I'm not sure what, what a role what role that played in it. But um, boy, you've been beaten up recently. Yeah, now I'm being beaten up by the people that hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I every every show I do talking about Trump, I get the people that hate the person show that I'm doing, and so I have I'm collecting. I'm I'm collecting people that hate me along the way. It's awesome. Well, you know what I found is you apparently cannot collect enough. They just keep making more. <laughs> so you're surprised every day. You'll be like, "Wow, they hate me too." Huh. Who thunk that? <laughs> um, so far, I'm good with my family, I think. All my family. I'm good with my friends, my family. Do you live in... About, do I don't know, maybe like 96 million other people, but just not with a certain <laughs> do you, uh Do you still live in California? Uh, I don't. I've been... Oh, actually, good. I've been a resident of Florida for three and a half years. Oh, okay. I'm raised in California, but I'm a resident of Florida. Yeah. Smart. Well, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more people should consider that, uh, except only if they if they learn why they moved from California. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of the weather. I got to say, I'm not a fan of the weather. But I keep a place also in 
where in my home state where I was born and raised in Kansas. So, um, yeah, I, I, and, you know, and then I get I get the four seasons, which I yeah. which I'm fond of. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where everybody dreams of having a second house, Kansas. Right. I think you. I mean, that's why the property here is like, I mean, you know, a two bedroom apartments like twenty million dollars. Yeah. Uh, so, Kirsty, I have heard that you voted for Obama. Is that true? I did. I did. did. And 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 then if that wasn't, you know, enough, enough. Punishment, I voted for yeah. him twice. You voted for him twice. I was going to say everybody makes a mistake, but usually not the same mistake twice. But that's okay. So what drew what drew you what what drew you to Trump after Obama? Well, I guess Obama. <laughs> and what do you mean by that exactly? Look, I you know I it, this, here's the thing. I had great hope for that administration great hope i was so on board so excited i thought and and one of the reasons i've got to admit is i thought it was gonna uh, it was going to help create help yeah for a lot of people who might need help in their communities right. so and bring us together about that. yeah yes yeah and bring us together and 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 it clearly didn't unite us it's like the it divided in a way i would say unless you want to be really quiet and just Stay sure. in your basement alone. But, you know, I, I'm sort of like this. That I am one of those people that's for the greatest good for the greatest number. So the way I evaluate things is, especially, you know, I do. I'm sorry, but I evaluate things on jobs, the economy, right. freedom of religion, freedom of, uh, you know, civil and human rights. Uh, I, I just have this list, and so then I make a decision of who I think is going to do the best job, and I thought Trump was going to do the best job, and he has done the best job. That's why I'm going to vote for him again. You can get in touch with me in four years from now and see how that went. <laughs> you don't, you're not on a friendship train, though, are you? I mean, there's just, you're not looking to pick up new friends with, <laughs> with this commentary and with this vote, because that makes you extremely, I mean, you are a rare individual, especially in your business, that has the willingness to go against the grain and say it, which is terrifying. I mean, the the liberals that I know, because I'm a classic liberal, I'm not a uh, you know new liberal, but a classic liberal. I've always agreed with people that hey, leave art alone, leave speech alone, let people. We're all different. Let's just come together on the celebration of yep, you can say those things, and I don't agree with you. It's America. We can't, we can't right. do that anymore. Well, we can. We just get frosted. <laughs> <You know? laughs> look, the liberal. The, and, and the other thing, I just, I'm, look, I look at the big strokes in life. I understand that there's small problems, but I think that you have to look at the big strokes and what is the greatest good for the greatest number. And the liberal left right now isn't even liberal to me. It is, especially in the news, it's really not liberal. It has nothing to do with it. It feels very socialist. And I'm just not, you know, they're not going to, you know, they're not about to stand up for a 60-year-old Christian Scientology conservative girl. So I knew when I came forward. But the reason I'm bringing that up, too, is I've been attacked my whole career for certain things. And I'm sort of used to being attacked. And I feel like, wow, I don't really go out of my way to reach out and say mean things to people or to offend them or to, you know, and I have a track record on the environmental issues, a good track record. And I have a lot of tra- I have a lot of good things to offer people. And if they can't see it, I just can't help them. Yeah. 
You know, you um, you did go after uh, CNN uh, this last week, and I and I think rightfully so. You said that they have a fear of dying. You said if you you want you, you want to understand your friends that are walking around in sheer terror of COVID, uh, you just have to watch CNN. I decided to watch CNN myself to get their viewpoint, and oh my God, did I ever! If you too want to live in terror, just watch CNN. They have a fear of dying. It is their mantra. It is. And do they think really, I mean, like this has gone on now for eight months. Do they really believe that only their viewers know what's going on? Do they really believe that their viewers are the only people who know that they could risk their lives or at least risk getting sick or something with, with, with COVID out there? It just seems so... It seems so elitist to be telling everybody how to basically not walk out of their house and die. And, and then it's flipped on you. Then it becomes flipped like, oh, you don't care if people die. Oh, I had friends that were sick. I've had friends that were sick. I've had friends that died. I've had friends that were sick and died this year that didn't die of COVID, too. So I am aware of death. I don't need to be reminded of it 24 freaking 7. And also, it wasn't just that they were reminding us 24-7 to keep us in horror. They were reminding us 24-7 so they didn't have to talk or report about Biden and his son and his possible alleged uh, dealings with communist countries where he got payola. So I don't think that that was a tiny story. That was a big story. But instead of going with that story, they went with the you are going to die. If you go out, you're probably going to die. And the only good news and the only advice they had was wear a mask, wash your hands and social distance. Like we have. Is this a cable show or can we cut? (laughs) (laughs) No, this is this is broadcast. It's a little of okay. everything. Well, yeah. Then, yeah. I'm sorry, but I would like to cuss right now and just say, like, we don't, <laughs> you know what, and know that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know this. Do we right. need to be reminded well, you, of it every second? I, you brought up a really good point, too, where you, you were talking about what is Biden proposing that we're not already doing on COVID? Because all he says is, I'm going to fix it. How? Right. But he's going to fix everything. So I decided to go, you know, I decided to give it a fair shake. I went on Twitter and I said, Okay, and I was talking to Democrats, mostly the people who were voting for him. What are his solutions? So they gave me a CDC. They gave me whatever is on his website, and they gave me things of him saying. And really, what is wear masks, wash your hands, social distance. So in the future, a vaccine is going to come along. Ugh, anyway, but okay, the vaccine will come along. And I don't. It didn't say that he was going to do anything, but that's my problem right now. He's not saying anything about what he's going to do in specificity. I want someone to specifically tell me what they're going to do. Not, you know, one day I'm not fracking, the next day I am fracking. The next day, you know, your vice president hates your guts because the little girl was on the bus and you were, <laughs> were for segregation. But now you're not for segregation. You know, a week ago you were, you were like a horrible horrible racist hey you're my partner (laughs) Uh, it's good to talk to you kirsty uh especially after all the time that we spent while i was shooting that uh that episode of cheers with you 
Oh, I remember the well, things you know we the things we didn't well, say I, to each other. That's what I'll always I know, remember. I just want to tell you what really happened after that. What? <laughs> there were there were scouts out looking all over for the place. Get that guy mm-hmm. in the back with great hair. Yeah, the way he knows how to hold that glass and drink. Yeah, that, it's just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And they couldn't locate you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I rejected all of the many, many offers uh, that I had. Okay. But, uh, well, you anyway. can go down a different direction, but it's no, a- <laughs> you decided to be a billionaire. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> do yourself uh, a favor and stay exactly who you are. I, uh, I have such respect for people who can defend their position. Uh, whether they agree with me or not and are not afraid to uh, say it and not afraid to say I changed my mind. I was I was wrong or, you know, I wrong 10 minutes ago or 10 years ago. Uh, that's that's what makes us human. And uh, you're a good example of one. Thank you. Da, da, da.